Welcome to the Weird Eye Podcast. We are your hosts, Adrian Spotaru and Bordana Andrusak. And in this episode, we're going to talk about AI in agriculture. Did you know by 2030, we have to feed 2 billion more mouths? More specifically, the agriculture production has to increase by 60% until 2030. It's crazy because I think it will be hard to do. Because when I think about farming, I just think uh, think about those minions on bot lane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking also about the Bitcoin farming production. Yeah, also that's quite a lot of electricity. Yeah, I think it's like for us, AI, people just generally people working in offices with computers and and buying all food in supermarkets we kind of think that tomatoes grow in those boxes already packaged and all go together and the milk comes from some kind of trees or something yeah exactly milk is synthetic it was never ever it never came from a cow yeah (laughs) so Agriculture and AI is a big topic because we ha- there's a need to feed so many mouths. We also have to pr- make, produce more, and pr- producing more is not quite straightforward. As you scale your operations, you might need more employees, which is you know one issue you might have in your agriculture production. But there are a lot of stuff. It's like identifying the right seed, you know. Especially with climate change, you need to find new seeds which are more resilient, right? If you look at in Spain, we, we have like these bouncy tomatoes, which you could fr- throw from five meters and they don't break, they bounce. And that was a, a necessary need for, for necessary need of these crops because else those tomatoes won't survive to our shelves. So that's why I like doing podcasts because like every day you learn something new. I never knew that there is bouncing tomatoes. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's, there's so much like things about seeds and crop and like like there's it's a big topic and especially by increasing yeah six percent that's a big amount of uh, increase on production on a global level. AI can help us achieve that more easily without headache. Yeah, hopefully. But what I see a problem in agriculture and farming, it's very resource demanding business. So like to open your farm, you need so much investment to to just start. And then you have those very low margin, margin, profit margins, and you don't have much money for research and development. But with more and more companies and startups in the in this agri agri tech space, it won't be. It will open the doors. In other ways, it will democratize the process of entering this business. Of course, there will be always a big, you know, upfront cost. But with the latest new technologies, there will be a more democratization in that regard, making it easier for you know, average Joe to become a farmer than let's say fifty years ago. So I was talking about like you know, tomatoes, right? One AI application is finding a good seed, right? Like, for example, the bouncing tomato. And in corn, one of the main things is the yields. How many corn kernels you have, right? So you want to count the kernels. And when you do, like, seed experimentations, you're going to plant 
some corn, right? And then you want to see how much they yield. The problem is when you're testing, you're te not testing one, you're testing thousands. So it's a very laborious process to find which seed is good or not and compare them. So here you can use the eye. And more specifically, there is an algorithm called deep corn, which even an image of a corn, not the plant, just like the corn knob, right? Yeah, a corn knob. You pass that image to a convolutional network, and then it will then approximate, estimate the kernel count. And this process is very helpful since you can just go through, through your cornfields and all your, your seeds and find you know, the best yielding corn based on your needs. Yeah. So this is really good example how important is the knowledge of domains that you're working because before today I would never know that like it's so important the counting for farming because not only for corn it's important also for tomatoes when you have bush of tomatoes you want to see how many tomatoes is on a bush and takes time to count and you can just put your phone, count tomatoes, grapes, basically everything. And it's very important statistic to have. So the big, let's say, paradigm shift when it comes to agriculture is convolutional networks. It is dealing with images because while you need, you have a lot of these robots which like pick up crops. For example, I read this paper which is which autonomously harvest strawberries, which is quite tricky. And you have robots which identify which strawberries are ripe. In this case, it's not advanced AI, it's just they look based on the color, hue of the object, if it's, you know, red or not. But it also has like, um, like advanced AI path movement in order to remove the only strawberry which is ripe. So imagine like the traveling, traveling salesman problem, how do you move around the places to get the strawberries which are useful. So it's computer vision is like the main driver here in this space. Also sensors, but I think the main conversation, like 80% of this podcast is going to be all about image-based solutions. I think, yeah, of course, there's no doubt about the good is visual computing here. But I think people, some people won't understand how how much of different tasks are in, in this farming and agriculture. Because biggest problem of farming is when your crops get sick, is there some disease affecting your crops. And lots of times you can visually detect some growth on your plant. And it seems sounds like an easy solution for computer vision. But to build a data set for this specific disease is not that easy because imagine it's an apple disease, something affecting your apples and you need to go get images of young apples affected by it through all through all the plant growth and this on different stages and for different variations of apple. You have like your red apples, you have your green apples and everything in between. And this is just for one apple and there is diseases for every uh, every possible crop and it takes it takes time to develop such data data set and i think to in order to develop such data sets they need to be developed 
somewhere in universities or research organizations because no farmer will be happy to infect their crop just in order to collect data set. So they would eradicate disease at the first stages, but for a good solution, we need a like completely diseased plant too. Yes, and because of this na nature of the problem where it's like getting data, especially, I mean, healthy crops, it's easier to get data from there than unhealthy crops, you could say. So you would be surprised by that AI applications here are quite advanced. You would think you would just put a Im simple image classifier, but no, actually, when it comes to crop disease and pest recognition in plants and in crops in general, most of the approaches are GAN based. <laughs> so, and like outlier detection based and not really like your classical classification problem. So what normally what you would do is like you will build a small data set as, as you can, you know, and if you have like, it's, if it's, and you can either build like normally detection, which is, you know, a bit tricky, or you can be able to GAN where you manage to generate real crops and like disease crops. And then you will learn how to like generate variations of disease, therefore learning how to building a data set, which you can then, of course, maybe add extra classifier or just use the GAN itself. So yeah, it's actually not so easy. And uh, that's why they're like the state of the art convolu convolutional networks, computer vision in general is, has, has immense effect on this agriculture space. And yeah, I just want to add one more fact regarding crop diseases. So actually, India loses 35% of the annual crop yield due to plant diseases. So just improving detection, you know, by a certain percentage actually has big effect on the global scale, especially when we want to increase yield by 60% until 2030. Also in farming, it's so... It's such a long process because, you know, you put your seeds in spring, I guess, <laughs> and you guys, yeah, depending, of course, it's, it's a seasonal thing. And one mistake at the beginning of the season can ruin your yield in the next year and you can lose 30% of whole crops from this first mistake. So it's so important to early recognize that something is going wrong. So one of the issues is also like, okay, so it's a big topic. What issues do appear in farming? So we talked about, you know, let's say plants getting sick. Something which is the second or the most related thing to that, it's weed detection. So weeds, you know, appear out of nowhere in your crops and you have to remove them. The problem is, especially when the plants are young, it's not quite easy to identify them. And ideally, you want to have it automated because you're not going to want to go on your crops every day to remove the, the weeds uh, if, if our goals. So in our case, there's a lot of research in that. There's something called WeedNet, but also other algorithms. They all have the same basic idea. You would have, let, let's say, a small, let's say, robot with drive through your fields and it will make photo from the ground. And his job is just to make image segmentation. And in this image segmentation, we'll show you which one is the plant which you planted and the weeds. And with this information, then you can you know, automatically remove the weeds itself. So in this case, I think I mentioned like at least three episodes 
autoencoders, more specifically unit architectures were given the image, you would get the same image, but segmented in, yeah. And like all those algorithms use this. So that's another case where of, you know, problems which appear and can be solved with computer vision. I think a great advantage of agriculture is that there's no, I hope that there's no sensitive data when you, you know, collect pictures of plants and crops. It's, I think here, the data at least not, doesn't need to be protected in terms of privacy. Well, I'm not quite sure about that. Maybe for these use cases, which we mentioned, but I think it gets a bit fuzzy when it comes to satellite imagery. So with satellite imagery, one of the uses which farmers can use is to do, let's say, land cover segmentation, where you would have a picture of, you know, from, from the satellite of the crops, and you can distinguish between like, you know, the weed, like, like if there's like a cluster of weeds, where is the plants, the status of like how they're grown. So you could do maybe, uh, let's say, corporate espionage. <laughs> yeah, so you could maybe see, you know, what the competition is doing. Can go another direction. I'll, I'm just, you know, thinking out loud here. You see early on that the, this year production, let's say, of strawberries is bad. And so, so therefore you predict the prices of strawberries being high that can be used in finan- to make financial gains in like whatever, right? So I can see some things here that this information can be useful for our people, which might be against your own interests. Yeah, I guess, but it's, I think it's, it's general thing. It's like in every type of business, you can find the data and when you make a better or, you know, better price prediction it's i don't see it as problematic i see it's like you know it's unethical use of data but you know people do different businesses but what what i so i saw this nice google talk from the company farmwave and they actually said that they are building this platform with a lot of ai tools included and they said one of their features is the social network between farms because farmers tend to share knowledge with each other so everybody's sharing knowledge with each other like you know it's like we have stack overflow and they try to develop like farm way something where they can talk because of course some farms cannot share what type of seeds they are using they try to keep it secret but they can share with farms inside same corporation so they can talk with, uh, with each other and because of the way that they are building reports which include all like weather information humidity levels and all of that other farmers can immediately real uh, like put themselves in the same position with all this information and uh, the farmers that were working with farmways were giving quite good feedback that just having this platform of sharing data with each other it was very beneficial and what i think about farms the first step of innovation that most of farms should take is just making sure that they collect and store uh, data properly because there's a lot of 
data on a farm and especially with the fact that sensors and like internet of sync is becoming more affordable technologies they can put sensors in the ground to measure the acidity of soil measure how much water they put in the soil and all stuff like that they can gather it and analyze it and just make prediction or estimation based on it even without using too much of complicated artificial AI technologies. I agree, yeah. I mean, as you mentioned at the beginning, the biggest issue is, like, one is data collection, which now that barrier has been, like, reduced, but it becomes, like, getting training data, you know, data which is processed and using simple methods. If, if it's, like, the cleaner data, the easier is your AI. <laughs> one thing I think the industry may have a challenge is explainability. So all these AI are kind of black boxes, like they tell you, okay, maybe this, this one is healthy, this is unhealthy, but it can be that these AI systems are not perfect and you will be, you know, could be that you're wasting yields which are healthy or they're good, but you're, because the AI identified it as bad, you you throw them in the garbage or something like that. But I don't think in this case AI is like decision making maker. It just can raise an alarm and then people with experience will go and check. And I think the the issue the solution here is that AI checks, you know, on plants every day, every minute. And when there is something happens that AI thinks is the issue, then somebody goes and checks it, saving the 10 hours for this person not to go to the fields every day, but just when something is really happening. And then they will identify, okay, this is pro problematic, this is probably this disease, saving time, maybe cutting one plant and preventing the spread of disease. Yeah, I, that's a good point here. Okay, we could talk we haven't mentioned it at all today, and that is regarding animals. So regarding that, it, there are a lot of things in that regarding monitoring health of animals, re, um, regarding... Okay. There, there's a lot of tools and AI research when it comes to animals. So you have, most of the things are focused on the health of the animal, right? Avoiding diseases, detecting recovery of animals and stuff like that. One, one example would be, for example, cows here, where there's a lot of research on the activity of the cow. When is the right time to impregnate a cow? So heat detection, when approximating the milk production yield, also the like all the factors which come related to an animal. And here, again, it's a mix of multiple things, but more focused on IoT. So most of this, the research here is putting some kind of chips to the animals or, for, or even something more invasive where they put like a huge device inside the animals so they can measure like stuff inside from them. And yeah, topic. So I'm going to give one concrete example here. This is a company called Smackstack, and they're here from Graz. Again, what a surprise. And they built a sensor which you put in 
the second stomach of the cow. Cows have three stomachs. And that, that sensor stays in the cow for three years. So it's a sensor which measures like different things like temperature, movement, and pH value. And with those three sensors can, you know, tell you how healthy the cow is and all other things which are related to the cow's health and the milk production end of the day. So yeah, there's, it's a big topic, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it's nothing wrong changing in that regard when it comes to the AI technologies. Most of the stuff is linear regression, random forest. Like if you start reading the papers on the subject, you realize that if you just take whatever state of the art is nowadays and just apply it in this field, you already have the biggest paper in the biggest agriculture conference when it comes to this. So we actually we have more advanced AI with animal with plants than with animals. And I think it's like uh, all comes to adoption of this technology because we see that on, in terms of papers, there is a lot of different solutions. Now, farmers need to adopt it or somebody needs to help farmers to adopt it and use it. And I think here it's really comes into play like government subsidies where they help farmers to adopt and make sure that, you know, tech companies and farmers can work together to, you know, get the best of it. I think in France and in general in European Union, they are really strong on it. They put a lot of money into innovating the farming business. Yes, in Europe, definitely. I know, I think Monsanto is now owned by Germany, Bayer company so yeah so seed products when it comes to seed research we have a global leader there there's a lot of companies which are focusing on robotics on agriculture from let's say when like strawberries was one of the things but all kind of crops which are generated here in europe yeah there's a lot of companies which are appearing to get in this new space of agri-tech So if you are, if you have some idea you want to implement in agriculture, the AI technologies is, isn't so hard. So it's a good time to enter the space. And I think all, all big companies like Google, IBM and other cloud services, they are really interested in startups in this domain to showcase the power of AI and for example for this company FarmWave that I was mentioning they were like building everything on Google Cloud so yeah it's I think it's a really good way to start in AI you can get you know money from government you can get money from big tech and there's clear demand for technologies in this area just to be clear, we're not paid which is just our personal opinion since we've been chilling on this like for the past Five minutes, I think, from this podcast. So just be clear, just what we think that it's the future. Yeah, but we are not like we are not shilling some specific companies. We're just shilling agriculture in general. Yeah, in general. <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> in the previous episode we shilled mental health. You know. <laughs> okay, what are your thoughts? Write us on LinkedIn and uh, let's exchange. <laughs>